Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of The Grown Man Project. I'm your co-host, Tyler Bridges, and I'm so excited about today's episode with host Kurt Kersey and special guest, John Herman. John is the owner of several small businesses, including an Airbnb retreat property, a physical therapy and fitness studio, and a video production business that he runs with his two teenage sons. How cool is that? However, John spends most of his working time helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses by helping them implement the entrepreneurial operating system or commonly known as EOS. But this wasn't always the case. At age 35, after spending 15 years in corporate America, John took an entrepreneurial leap to risk everything to write a more compelling story for his family. This is another fantastic conversation, you guys. John talks about his upbringing in a secular family, how he became connected with the church in his early 20s, and the role models that taught him that God has a plan for each and every one of us. John also shares with us how he learned to listen to what God is calling him to do and when to pick the safe path in life and when to go for those big but risky paths. We're feeling fired up about this conversation, and we're so glad that you get to listen. So let's get into the episode with your host, Kurt Kersey, and our amazing guest, John Herman. Well, John, welcome to the Grown Man Project. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, give you opportunity to share some of your story and just learn from you today on, uh, on the show. Uh, I'd love to kind of kick us off with the quintessential question of this podcast, which is where did you learn what it means to be a grown man? Yeah, good question. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I have a super clear cut answer, uh, uh, but I would say that, you know, I'm I'm 46 now. Uh, I would hope that I'm at least a man at this point. I don't know if I'm a grown man in all facets, but uh, (laughs) I, I, you know, seen a few things along the way at this point. Uh, and so, you know, I don't, for me, like I would say I, what so many of, of my kind of role models, my experience and such tends to point you back to over the last couple of decades, uh, probably lands me in, in the church community for one, I would say that's probably been one of the biggest influencers that I have had in my life is looking at, uh, different men and, some in leadership roles, some not necessarily in formal leadership roles um, in the church community. They have been big influences on me. Uh, certainly, I spent a lot of time uh, in my line of work and in, the, in my line of work for the last couple decades in the business context. So I get to get exposed to a lot of different men uh, leading in different contexts in business as well. And so I, it's probably a combination of those two things. And I don't know if it's helpful. I, give, I can give you a little bit of background on kind of like where I came from uh, and what my kind yeah. of early exposure to maybe what I guess what we would call manhood uh, was and how that maybe developed. I don't know if that would be a helpful way to answer that question, Kurt. That'd be great. So, That'd be great. Yeah, so yeah. like, I mean, for me, um, I, I grew up in a very, in a secular family. Um, and uh, this definitely isn't going to be a, a, an interview of me, talking about what my dad could have, would have, should have done or whatnot. My dad, you know, mm. he lives, he lives in the area that I still see, I still see him on a regular basis. Um, you know, I love my father and all of that, but there definitely were some things that, um, he did not equip me with, um, in terms of, I think what we would think of, um, around a mature grown, uh, man. And one of which probably the biggest thing was, um, having a vision 
um, for your life. And I think that's one of the things that when I look at um, men that have influenced me over the last couple of decades, one of the things that I, I see in, the, in those men is they understand, uh, they have a clear picture of, of where they're heading. They're, kind, they're revisiting it on a regular basis and they're figuring out uh, you know, what it's going to take to be able to get there. And that was something that my dad, in many ways, was just the opposite of that. He, he tends to be kind of the uh, a, a procrastinator, um, very, you know, not very big picture, not very strategic, kind of just took life as, as the cards that were dealt to him. And uh, again, not to go down that whole rabbit trail, I just didn't have a lot of that, of, of, Hey, this is what it looks like to chart a, your course in life. This is what it looks like to, uh, to paint a vision and to go after it. Um, it was, it's more just like, Hey, be reactive, take kind of what life life gives you. And it wasn't until, uh, in my, well, really early twenties, um, when I started to get engaged and involved in the church, cause again, coming from a secular background, I didn't have any context really for church or anything like that. Um, then I started to see uh, men that were going and trying to figure out, uh, with God's help, what uh, he had for them in life. And that was a whole new, it was a big paradigm shift for me. It was very different um, than anything that, that I had seen or questions that I had asked before. And it started to help me think bigger picture about myself and my life. So those were, you know, for me, it was some of the early influencers uh, were uh, a guy named Steve Chodron and Dave Workman, who were the lead mm. pastors in the church uh, in, uh, in Cincinnati called The Vineyard, which is still around today. Dave Workman actually just, I just ran into him a couple of months ago, a good friend of mine, I actually married uh, my <laughs> wife and I 25 years ago, my wife and I and I in that church. And they were early, they started to paint this picture of, wow, God has a plan for each one of us. Um, and if we can, uh, dig deep with him and try to understand what that plan is, then, um, then it starts to tee up, um, some really special things, uh, for us. It was the first time that I ever had any, any men, uh, demonstrate that, paint a picture of that and see what it looked like to be able to, uh, to explore that a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Dave Workman. He actually has been a, a huge influence in my life and on our family. He was on the podcast a uh, few episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago. I'll have to look up which episode he was on. But Dave is is amazing, an amazing teacher and an amazing leader. I'm curious, John, when he started to expose you to that idea that God has a plan for each of our lives and, and we should have a vision that we're moving towards, what about that concept kind of caught your attention? Well, the other thing you didn't mention about Dave is he still has some of the best hair in the city, I think. You know, it's like <laughs> spiked hair, uh, a lot whiter today than it was when I first met him. But uh, yeah, you know, so D Dave, you know, I think what he started to and, and it, you know, it was him and it was just a lot of men in that community because I started to at the same time get involved in small in small groups and get build meaningful relationships with guys. Because honestly, up to that point, a lot of my relationships were relatively surface. Uh, with other, you know, I was involved in sports and things like that in high school, but it, you know, it just, it was kind of that, you know, some of that team camaraderie, but it just never, you know, I wasn't really developing meaningful relationships in which guys were asking these kind of questions. Right. Um, and so uh, I think what it started to do was just have me think about, whoa, there's a, 
pathway out there or maybe maybe multiple pathways out there that I can start to go down if I go and I and I seek the count seek the counsel of other guys people that have been there people that have been out further ahead than me and also uh, just lay that out um, with open hands uh, to 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 God and see what he might have for me um, and so it was the first time that I just even just the concept of that um, was, was very different to me. And, and so what it started to do, Kurt, was it started to lead me down paths in my life that I think have been a, um, a, a theme over, over the last, you know, gosh, two, two and a half decades of what I would say going, going down more of a narrow path. You know, I don't want to over, mm. um, you know, over scripturize it or whatever, you know, Jesus talks about like, you know, it's the narrow path, um, that work that we're supposed to be seeking and, and called to, even though it's a harder path. Um, you know, some, I've, you know, I've heard it called the, uh, the minority position maybe, but whatever that is, um, it, it, I started to think about going down narrow, more, sometimes more hard, challenging paths in my life. Um, and, uh, and, and whether that was in the context of, um, at, at that time, deciding to get married at a really young age, at, le- at least it seemed like a young age compared to um, some, of, some of my friends at, t- at the time. And I was still in college when my wife Renee and I met. Um, and so when we got married, I was 20 and she was 19. You know, my friends thought I was out oh, wow. of my mind getting married that young. <laughs> you know, but we, I, it felt like something God was calling. We both felt really clear that God was calling us to that. And so we went, we went for it, you know, and, and, and we've had our moments through 25 years. But, you know, uh, we are, you know, we're continuing to build this thing and go down this path in marriage together and now with four children. And so, you know, whether it was that, whether it was, uh, build, uh, expanding our family and choosing to have what I think by today's standards, uh, at least in our culture, seems to be a large family now. We have four kids. Um, you know, we go out to eat. We're always guaranteed uh, we get to wait a little bit longer than everybody else because, like, table for six. Oh my gosh, how do we even do that, right? And I, you know, I don't think of our family as large, but that was a, you know, that was a a, a minority position or a, or a narrow path for us in business. You know, some of the choices I've made in business and life, and the way that our family has um, cho- chosen to live, and things we've said yes to, and things we've said no to, all of those things um, were the things that I feel like during that season when I started to see people leading and asking and asking God what his plan was for them um, and their life um, led them to make unpopular choices led them to have people do a, a second take you know when they said hey I'm gonna be doing this thing or we're gonna pursue that thing or whatever um, because oftentimes what I see all of this is to say what I have seen with um, uh, with with men that inspire me is is that the choices that they make in life aren't always the popular ones they're the ones that are tend to be uh, maybe misunderstood even at times uh, by people. And that's been the case. You know, sometimes choices that we've made for our family and choices I've made in life have been misunderstood even by my own fam- by, by my extended family or they've been misunderstood by friends or whatever. But like but if when I've been seeking, I haven't gotten it right every time. But uh, when, when I, uh, you know, with my heart have sought after uh, God's guidance and will and I've sought the counsel of other people that I trusted in my life. Um, what I found is that those are the choices, those choices going down the narrow path have been uh, what has shaped me and, uh, you know, are continuing to help me become, I think, the, the, the man that, uh, that you know, God's trying to develop me into. 
Yeah. I love that, John. I want to dig into that a little bit because, you know, I think there can be a tendency sometimes to hear a phrase like unpopular uh, choices in my life and, and, and almost maybe a false assumption, what I believe is a false assumption that we're choosing the unpopular thing just so that we can choose the unpopular thing. But what I heard you just say that I think is really powerful is uh, taking the time to try to discern what you feel God might be calling you to, the direction that he's calling you to in your life, and seeking wise counsel. Can you talk to me a little bit about, like, what does that look like for you tactically? Like, what do you do to try to seek that out? Um, well, you know, I can, I can give you a practical example. Uh, so this is probably going back about uh, 10 years or so. Uh, and I was, you know, at that time, uh, I had been working in the corporate uh, America, really, for about uh, 15 years. Uh, I had been, I had pursued, I thought I was always interested in business. Um, you know, went to, went to school, uh, University of Cincinnati for business, and had a co-op job, which led into a full-time job. I'd been working, uh, really, for that 15 years for two large manufacturing companies in the, uh, in the city. And, you know, had, had really kind of established myself in some leadership roles. I was running a manufacturing plant. We had... Uh, bought a really, for us, a really nice home uh, in northern Kentucky, a great community uh, in, in that that we were living in. And I began to feel, and I don't know, Kurt, I'm sure you've, you you and some of your, your listeners uh, have felt this before, when you start to feel God kind of tugging on you, you know, whether it's for me, it's when mm-hmm. a lot of times that happens if I'm uh, reading my Bible. Sometimes I'll run across something and it's just like, Ooh, wait a second. Let me read that again. Something's going on with that. Um, or maybe it's like, I'm, I'm hearing a, a, a teaching or it could be, I'm listening to a podcast, you know, some, but some, at that time, something was what I was, I was reading a bunch of uh, books and listening to some audio books. And I was out on my front, uh, cutting my, I remember vividly, I was out cutting my front lawn and, uh, that, that spring and summer, because uh, that's where our, that's where the bulk of our lawn was. So I spent the most time grab cutting. And all, when I'm out there, I was always listening to these. Po- I was listening to podcasts, audiobooks, and all this. And I'm I'm listening to a bunch of uh, books that are all pointing me towards the same thing, which for me was uh, the ch- challenging myself to uh, to to not choose the safe path, not choose the safe path. And again, probably more than we have time for in this podcast. But what I was starting to realize was, is that I had given a choice between the the risky path um, or the safe path. I was tending to be set on the safe path. And I'm, and I'm listening, I'm listening to books like, I don't know if you've ever heard heard the, uh, the, heard of the book, uh, Crazy Love by Francis Chan, but I was listening to that book called Radical by David Platt. I'm just like, Immerse, immersing myself in some of the content. And one of the things that I really felt like the Lord was starting to, tw- to tweak me on was like, I think I have something more for you than the path you've chosen um, for, for work and business and ultimately your family. And so what ended up the culmination of that, that spring and summer of me going out and, and listening to all this while I'm cutting lawns, I'm just reflecting on it, cutting my grass, um, was that I felt like God was starting to call me out of corporate America and was calling me into doing something entrepreneurial, which um, has, by the way, been my, the story of the last 10 years. And uh, by the way, I'm not uh, 
I, I would not consider myself an entrepreneur, <laughs> but I do a lot of entrepreneurial oh, things and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, but I would not consider that. But for me, so it wasn't, it definitely wasn't this call of like, uh, wow, I'm wired for this. I just, you know, I know it's really popular right now to go and build businesses and call yourself an entrepreneur and do all that stuff. I know that's kind of like the thing that was not at all the thing I really wanted to do, but it was the thing that I felt like God was calling me to it. So to answer your question, Kurt, what I started to do was I started to ping that feeling one off uh, my wife, um, who's been an amazing sounding board uh, for me um, over the years and so many things um, and so many things. And what I found is when I talk to Renee um, and we and we work through something and I'm working, I'm working through a big decision or whatnot. If we are not aligned, if she if when I explain it to her, because sometimes it makes a lot of sense in my head. But when I explain it to her, <laughs> if, she, if it doesn't translate well and she gives me like that look like she's not getting it, then that's the first sign of me for pause. Right. Because we're not aligned. We're not united. But in this case, you know, we work through it. She was she wasn't giving me like the stink eye. She was like, wow, OK, yeah, I see this. This is going to be this could be challenging, quitting your job, doing something entrepreneurial. But yes, let's explore it. And so the next thing I did was I was able to go and talk to people that were in my church community about this and just get um, other counsel. And I think that's the I think that's the theme in, in all of this is, you know, there's a proverb that talks about how important it is for us to get for us to get wise counsel. That's actually that's that's a sign of wisdom is that we are to go out and look to get to validate um, our ideas and our decisions and get counsel from other people. And so I was able to do that. I was able to gut gut check that over the course of this you know big decision over the course of several months. Um, or the better part of a year with people that were in my church community and ultimately what it led to. And by the way, people in the business community as well, because I was like, hmm. I'm thinking about leaving this nice, safe corporate thing um, <laughs> that's providing for my family. And by the way, I'm the sole breadwinner because my wife had at that time, Renee had already made the decision to stay home with our kids. So it was like, if, if, if I'm not making money, we're not making money. Like, there's no, there's no food. <laughs> there's no shelter. It's on me. <laughs> and so it was a big decision for our family. And, um, and so I was able to ping that off of, of people that had gone before me in the marketplace um, and people that were in my church community. And over the course of that next uh, year, I uh, was able to, to feel comfortable making that decision to, uh, to actually quit my job and, and jump in and start to build, build, build a business and do something entrepreneurial, which has led me on a path that I never would have ever anticipated otherwise. Uh, I, they couldn't have designed this, right? But it was about listening uh, and and taking a few taking a few steps, getting counsel, and then uh, stepping into it to see if you know. I believe this is an open door that God is opening up for me. Step into it and see if that door remains open, and then pursue it. So I love that, John. I love one thing I want to draw out a little bit about about what you said and 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 you know maybe make sure I'm I'm hearing you correctly is you know we have to uh, I admire the fact that you got quiet enough. <laughs> We're feeding yourself really great knowledge and wisdom already, but you got quiet enough to kind of notice some of the patterns that were coming out, right? And be able to kind of listen to where God might be taking you. And I think so many times we hear phrases like that, like you have to get quiet and really listen. And we picture, you know, having a quiet cup of coffee on the front porch, or we picture going and doing a, a silent retreat or spending time in this really forced 
uh, a quietness and, and that might be healthy, but I love the fact that like you were getting some of these pings and really a monumental ping in your life while you were out front cutting the grass. Right? And I love just the realization that uh, we just have to pay attention in those quiet moments and use those quiet moments so that God can speak into our lives. And the second thing that jumped out to me about what you shared is you had, excuse me, you had these relationships in place already, right? You had these relationships that you had invested in and men and women that had invested in you, right? Be that your wife or, or other church leaders, other community around you that you could then turn around and go uh, vet some of these ideas and some of these uh, seeds that maybe God was planting in your life and get feedback from those people and allow those people to be a sounding board in your life. And so how important for us that the two big takeaways for me is make sure I'm creating space where I can get quiet and listen and then make sure I'm fostering relationships where I could pick up the phone and grab coffee and really bounce some of those things that I think I'm hearing off of people that I admire and respect and are going to give me uh, true, honest, wise counsel. Yeah, spot on, Kurt. I love both of those. And, you know, the first I think is about margin. Uh, and margin is hard to come by nowadays, mm. right? It's we have so many things that are competing for our time and attention. And I think for those, you know, whether for me it was out cutting grass or it was just getting, you know, giving myself the chance to, you know, one listen to listen to some some of these audiobooks or podcasts or whatever that is for you, like taking in uh, some of this, you know, out, some a good helpful outside content, like, and, and then spending just being able to spend some alone time, like creating margin for that. If we have no margin and we're just running, running, running. Um, then it's going to be very difficult uh, if we're talking spiritually, and at least in my experience, it's going to be very difficult for God to break in, right? Um, and so mm -hmm. being, being able to create whatever that is for you, for me, you know, now fast forward to where we are 10 years later, we live out in the country out, out here in Northern Kentucky, out in Burlington, and we've got, we live on 16 acres and that me cutting, me walking my push mower out front of my house at that time has turned into me being out on my tractor on six, six, six acres of grass cutting. And so that's a theme for me. Like, <laughs> while that might sound like misery yeah. to other people, for me, that's actually something I really enjoy most of the time. Most of the time. By August, I do not enjoy it. Yeah. But, but at this, <laughs> in the springtime, <laughs> there's nothing better than being outside, uh, out on my tractor, uh, being able to clear my head. And sometimes I'm listening to nothing. It's not always listening to the audiobook or whatever. Sometimes it's just me being alone with my thoughts. And when that happens, it gives, creates margin and space for God to break through. The second thing I would say is that you keyed in on is having those relationships in place, right? So it wasn't like, um, you know, what I have found in my own life, again, is that when I have had seasons, and I've had seasons where I haven't had many trusted um, or uh, uh, relationships around me that I, that I worked on building, that I worked mm -hmm. on investing in. And when I didn't have that, and I was making big decisions, and I didn't have anybody to ping those decisions off of or to get a perspective, somebody that really cared about me and would, would tell me, you would challenge me or give me that that hard truth. Um, oftentimes, I make a bad decision, right? Because I'm making that in isolation. And so, what I've realized over the years is I have to be investing in those relationships ahead of time, so that when the moment comes and I'm like, I have some hard, I have a, I have a, you know, small or big decision, or whatever. I want to ping off you. I want to get your perspective on this thing. I've, I have some relationships that are already there. And so, I think your point, Kurt, mm -hmm. about 
uh, building some of that ahead of time. You know, maybe you're not in that season where you're thinking about a big life change or whatnot, but you're, uh, but you're building that ahead of time. So when that comes, you've got some people that you can go to, um, that you can fall back on and, and so good, brother. That's a good, that's a good word. I want to, I want to pick at something you said earlier, cause I'm curious about it <laughs> where you said, I, I don't think, you know, I, I know that you own multiple businesses. You've been a partner in other businesses and I'm sure we'll, we're going to get into more of that story as we talk about the last 10 years, uh, of, of your journey. Uh, but you said, I'm not an entrepreneur. I have entrepreneurial tendencies. Can you maybe walk us through kind of this this next phase in your journey as you pursue, you know, leaving corporate America and and going down this entrepreneurial path and maybe help me understand the difference between an entrepreneur and somebody like yourself that has entrepreneurial tendencies. So, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll change my, you know, one of the things I, I, I like to say about all this stuff is like, this is my current view <laughs> in my current state of yeah. ignorance. Like, <laughs> like you know, I, one thing's for sure, if we were to listen to this podcast 10 years from now, I'd be embarrassed by half the things I'm going to share with you, right? Because it's just like, I, I only know what I know right now, Kurt, like, you know, but I, I'm going to, I'm learning Amen. along the way. So here's what I think about myself right now is I would say I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. That, that is in the space, um, but is not like, I'm not hardwired. I'm not, you know, you hear terms like visionary, you know, I am not an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs. I never will be. I never <laughs> aspire to be that. Right. But what drew me into the entrepreneurial space um, actually was for me, a desire uh, to live, to live a more integrated life with my family. And so back, go mm. back in time to me being out, out in front of my, my uh, house, cutting the lawn that spring and summer. And one of the things I was picturing was I was, I was listening to another book I was listening to was by a guy named Donald Miller, who I know, I know you know Don and Story Brand and all the things mm. he's done now. But he had written uh, you know, a book called Blue Like Jazz and uh, another, and another book that he, where he was talking about this idea of um, creating a narrative, a strong narrative. For your family, and at that point, we had just had our third child, uh, and uh, and I was starting to really think about, you know, young family. What kind of narrative am I creating uh, for my kids? What what am I calling them into? What kind of story? Yes, certainly, you know, God's story, right? Okay, but like within God's story, like what what what's their? How do they connect into our family? What are they a part of? And um, in this particular story, that was in this Donald Miller book had me thinking about my story in, in kind of corporate America. And what I realized was when I fast forwarded another 20 years, 25 years of continuing to do what I was doing, sure, I was providing for my family and all that. And there's something really great about that. And I think the work I was doing was moral, ethical, and legal, and it was all good and, you know, and, and all that. And I was challenged to some degree. But what I realized was there was no way for my kids to connect to it. Um, there was no way that that I was spending 40 and 50 hours a week investing in something that they had, that they could not connect to in any way, shape or form. And so for me, the call to entrepreneurship, um, and business building and being self-employed had way more to do with my desire to create a narrative for our family, which for me, the, the, the language I would use is, is an integrated life is an integrated life where what I really wanted to call my kids into my young, my young family, you know, Renee and I, the more we talked about vision and thinking about 
our, our, our family. We, you know, we had a lot of friends um, that were thinking along the same lines. And so, by the way, in our church community and otherwise, and so I, I don't want to act like, you know, we invented this concept by any means, but it was a concept that really started to resonate with me about what does it look like uh, to be able to create a strong, compelling narrative for your family. And, um, and so that, for me, is what kind of caused me to take this entrepreneurial leap and to go and build a business. Uh, I built a business with some friends uh, that were in my church community, a business called Epiphio, um, which, I, which I was able to run uh, as the CEO for about five years. And I ran that two th- until 2016 and exited that business. A whole big story for another day of the ups and downs of that whole journey, uh, but learned a ton about myself as a leader, learned a lot about myself as an entrepreneur. And one of the things that was cool about that whole experience is my family went along for the ride. We created an environment where my uh, my kids could come into the office. Uh, even my extended family would come into the office. My you know my my sisters and their their husbands and my dad. My dad would drop by the office every now and then and stuff. And it was so cool to be like, wow, we're bleeding over this entrepreneurial thing, this business that we're building as a tie into my family, my family knows the people that I'm working with and so on. And so for me, what happened, Kurt, is it that, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I was just ruined with that experience in a good way. I was like, there's, I tasted something here. It wasn't perfect. Like it had its ups and downs and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, but it, but I tasted something that I was ne- that I never wanted to go back from again, which was, this integrated life where my, where, where what the, who I was as a father, as a husband, um, was, uh, it was very congruent with who I was as a, uh, as a believer, as a, somebody that, that, that loves the Lord and as, and, and as a business, uh, as a businessman. And, uh, you know, that all my related, all my relationships, all these hats that I was wearing, um, all became like into one, uh, you know, it beca- became one in a sense, and uh, my life became very integrated, and my kids started to get excited about what it looked like to build business. And so, what happened after I left that business in 2016 is it just launched us into um, a series of businesses that um, that now my family is much more involved in as my kids have gotten older. So, my my uh, oldest two teenage sons, uh, Matthew and Andrew, have now. For the last couple of years, have built out their own video production business with which I'm involved in. Um, we have a property rental here out on our out on our property, an Airbnb that we rent out that our that everybody in the family is involved in. Even my eight year old uh, is involved in that business to some degree, and uh, you know, and a few other things uh, beyond that. And so, what's what we found through that, uh, Kurt, is that you know, it was never uh, my desire to see to look at Steve Jobs or to. Elon Musk or any of these, you know, the, the, the kind of prototypical entrepreneur that has the massive idea that they can build this thing. That was never the call for me. It was, it was the, this reluctant, this somewhat reluctant entrepreneur, you know, knowing that what my heart really desired was safety and security, uh, but saying, you know what, nope, I'm going to take the narrow path and I'm going to risk it because in that is what, is what I really feel called to, which is a strong family mm-hmm. narrative where I can call my kids into something that they can, uh, that they can be much more a part of than what it would look like when dad, you know, leaves Monday morning at 8 a.m. and, you know, comes back at, you know, 6 a 6 p.m. for dinner. And we have no idea what he did uh, 
during the day. Hmm. How powerful, man. I, that's so inspiring to me, John. I'm, I'm sure it is for others listening, but that was one of the things that just drew me to you when we first connected was this idea. And, and, and we didn't talk about like your definition of, of entrepreneur or the fact that you didn't think of yourself as necessarily a purebred entrepreneur. But I think that's fascinating that what drew you in was this desire for integration. Uh, I love how you framed that of, you know, uh, having this congruency between who you are as a believer, as a father, as a husband, and as a as a businessman, and what you did uh, professionally, I think that's such a beautiful thing. I, I'm curious, you know, it, it's in so many ways what has drawn me to being a business owner and pursuing these entrepreneurial ventures is that same desire, is that desire for congruency or, or an, a certain integration as you describe it. I'm curious, what advice would you give to uh, maybe a, a man listening to this episode right now that says, gosh, I want that. And yet I'm in this, I'm on this corporate track. I got a great career. This would be really hard to give up. Like, how do I know if that is the, what I'm really called to and what's the first step that I ought to take? So, I mean, one thing I would say, Kurt, is yes, the, the world needs entrepreneurs. Uh, our, you know, we, we need entrepreneurs, and I love entrepreneurs, and I, I'm blessed to now, you know, doing business coaching and, and, and what kind of main business that I work in most days. I get to work with a lot of entrepreneurs. But um, the world also needs, you know, accountants. <laughs> the world also needs doctors. <laughs> and the world, like, we, so, you know, this is a, the entrepreneurial narrative is a narrative. Um, it's a job um, of thousands of jobs, right? And so, you know, what I'm confident in is that while some people are called to that, many, many, many more are not called to that. And so what I would say is, you know, if if you're if you're uh, feeling called to entrepreneurs or feeling called to doing something entrepreneurial, get around entrepreneurs, um, try to understand their DNA, go to, you know, try to understand the essence of, uh, of, and if that's a drive that's in you that you want to pursue, then there's all kinds of great ways to be able to do that. You know, we're create, we have so many great resources, especially in our city, uh, to be, to be able to tap into, to go, to go that direction. But if that's not you, but at the same time, you're like, no, I, I really like this, this idea of, I, I have a family, I, uh, I'm passionate about building a narrative for my family. I wanted, I want to explore what integration looks like with my family. There's all kinds of other ways to do that. Um, because here's what I would say, Kurt, is our culture that we live in is the, it, it encourages the opposite of integration. It actually encourages independence. So, you know, what, what we are being fed is what our main job, if you're building a family, if you have a family, you know, and you're, you're trying to raise these kids, your main objective is get them, get them into school, um, get them out of school and get them out of the house. Right. If you did that, well done. You did your part. You did your, you did your part. And I, and I know I'm saying that um, relatively sarcastically. Um, but honestly, I think, I think that we're minimizing uh, what our call is as parents um, and, and the potential impact that we can make on our children. And, and so what I would say is if there are all kinds of other things you can do um, to, to make an impact on your kids and to live in an integrated way that have nothing to do with building a business and doing something entrepreneurial um, and have, have everything to do with um, taking that low bar for independence 
and moving it towards interdependence. And by that, what I mean mm-hmm. is, is that there are decisions that, you know, we've had to make thousands of decisions over the years um, as uh, that have nothing to do with business that have called that have helped our family live more integrated and less independent. I'll give you an example. Um, again, going back to the, uh, our church, the church community that we were part of um, at that same time when I made that entrepreneurial leap, one of the things we were exploring in that church community was the idea of taking a Sabbath, like a real Sabbath, you know, mm-hmm. like, like us, like a full day of rest every week Sabbath. Um, and so um, that, that's been a huge blessing for our family to live in an integrated way, because what's happened is for us, um, we decided that, uh, you know, and this is, this is honestly a practice that we've probably had for the last 15 years, I'd say at this point. Um, and what we decided was uh, it's been an evolution, but what we have locked into for some time now, years and years is that on Friday night, everything stops like work stops. The stuff that we're into stops like the, uh, in terms of like, other kinds of like work and activities and all that. And we are going to spend Friday night together as a family. We might invite some friends into that, but we're going to spend Friday night. That is family time. Um, and, and, you know, it has some faith components to it in terms of the way that, that we weave some things in. Um, but it's based on, re- it's based on rest and it carries us all the way through um, in the Saturday evening. And what's happened, Kurt, because we made that decision to, to force the, the Sabbath into that time slot every week out of every year for years and years is that it's forced us to make hard decisions of things we've had to say no to. Because you would be mm-hmm. amazed at all the things that get scheduled on Friday and Saturday night, like uh, over and Friday, and, and especially Saturday during the day. Uh, one of the biggest ones <laughs> is sports. And I'm a guy, I, I grew up playing sports. I was on baseball fields and football fields and all kinds of stuff, basketball growing up. Um, that was my life. And one of the hard decisions that we had to make as a family is, is that choosing, and I'm not saying sports are bad and nobody, you just don't put your kids in sports or do any of that stuff. Like this is a, but this is what it meant for our family because we wanted to create an environment where every week at the same time and place, our family was going to spend time together spending, uh, you know, building, building relationship, talking about story, like, like just sharing fun experiences because we were going to do that. Um, we had to say no to sports in, in many ways. Like we couldn't do soccer fields Saturday morning. We couldn't do big, we couldn't do T-ball. We can't do all this stuff. And so, wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Wow. Like my kid, <laughs> I mean, I know they're like, they, they, they can barely play sports. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> They have no coordination whatsoever. No, actually, they're still they're still very coordinated. They can do stuff, but they but I know. But it sounds it was crazy that concept for me as a father to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to allow my my boys to go out there and play sports, or my, my or I'm not going to allow Lily, my daughter, to go out and try to you know get on the bath basketball court or whatever it be, um, because we were going to force the Sabbath discipline into our week for the sake mm. of creating an integrated life. So I say all that, Kurt, to say that, you know, business and entrepreneurship, even though that's been a big part of my story and a big part of our continuing story as a family, it is one of the ways, it's one of the choices that we made that helps our family live a more integrated life. There are many more choices that we've made and that I think other people can make in their life when you look at what's competing for your time and attention over seven days, week in and week out. And, and making intentional choices to, 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 to find ways to bring your family together 
um, and, and saying no to other things that over time are just uh, are forcing a narrative of independence um, and pulling your family apart from each other. So powerful, John. I love, uh, I could, uh, I could talk with you for five hours. I think we said that last time we connected <laughs> as well. And I love that. Uh, so there, there's so much that I admire about you. One of the things that I admire is the amount of times that you have said Renee and I, right? Renee, your wife of 26 years, Renee and I, and how much those decisions were made intentionally together. And you created this lens for your family to make decisions through, right? This, this thing, this concept, this decision, this vision for your life that was going to be a filter for all the other decisions you made, as you put it, all everything from how we were going to spend our Friday nights to sports to how what kind of career you were going to pursue and, and what businesses you were going to pursue together. And I think that's such a powerful concept and takes some serious dedication, determination, and, and decision to truly be partners on this journey together. And it's really powerful and inspiring. Uh, the one thing we didn't get as much time to chat about is what you're doing today, right? Could you tell us a little bit about uh, Worthy Endeavors and, and the work that you have the opportunity to do to, today? Sure. Yeah. So uh, where that led, uh, when I when I left that Epiphio in 2016, was uh, it led me into the business coaching space. And that's, that's where I've been the last five years. And so Worthy Endeavors hmm. is just the idea of, you know, the, the, the kind of basis for the company is that uh, I, I've come to believe um, that, that God gives us the ability to build things, right? And business is, is one way of doing that. He gives us the ability to build things and it allows us to be creative. And so Worthy Endeavors is a way to come alongside other builders, of, of particularly in the small business space, entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders that are figuring out a way to get that thing, that, that thing they're building to the next level. And, um, and what I found is, is that that's something that I really enjoy is being able to come alongside uh, those owners and, le- and leaders and help them get to whatever the next stage is, you know? So whether they have a 10 person organization and they're trying to get that to the next level or they have a hundred person organization, it's, it's helping them unlock some of the things that are going to help them and their leadership team get to the next stage. And so I do, I do that by uh, working with an organization called EOS, which uh, stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's basically a framework that thousands of companies uh, have used over the years to, to help uh, businesses grow in a healthy way and, and help entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses. So it's a lot of fun. Love to get, love to get into the hood of all these different businesses around our city and uh, apply some of this framework and just do my small part uh, to kind of help them grow their endeavor and take it, take it to the next level. Well, you're, you're humble to call it your small part because anyone that I've spoken to that knows you sings your praises as a business operator, uh, as an authentic leader, and as somebody that is uh, truly walks out their values. That's what I hear consistently about you. I know that you're an amazing uh, guide and provide that same wise counsel that you got all those years ago uh, to your clients and to your community. So John, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people do want to learn more about Worthy Endeavors or the work that you're up to or or connect with you, uh, where would you send them? 
Yeah, actually, the best way to do that is just to reach out to me directly. So it's just john at worthyendeavors.co, not .com, .co, C-O, john at worthyendeavors.co. <laughs> they can do that. That's the best way to uh, get in touch with me, and then I'd, I'd be happy to, always happy to chat something struck a chord uh, with a listener on any of the stuff we've talked about, uh, business or family <laughs> or otherwise. Uh, always happy to, to talk to well, I appreciate you sharing your journey, John. I appreciate you sharing what you've learned over these years. And uh, I look forward to refreshing this conversation in five years when we're both in a new current state of ignorance. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much. For, appreciate the time. Thanks, John. All right, my friends, that's all for today's episode of The Grown Man Project with our guest, John Herman. I hope you all enjoyed that just as much as we did. John is just a wonderful guest and an even better friend, so we feel so lucky and grateful to get to have conversations with men like him. His story is so inspiring because it truly is never too late to find purpose and to find meaning in life. John, you know, he found his faith in his 20s and hasn't looked back since. And I think that someone listening to this can be encouraged that it's never too late to make a difference. If you enjoyed today's conversation and you want to hear more, you can learn more about what we're doing at the Grown Man Project at grownmanproject.com, where we share all kinds of resources that will help you on your journey of bringing faith and purpose to your work family and community. And remember, you're not on this journey alone and you shouldn't be. We have a community of guys that are committed to showing up as grown men in every area of their lives. Just go to grownmanproject.com slash community to join this awesome group of purpose-driven men. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to the show by going to the grownmanproject.com slash podcast so you don't miss a single episode. That's it for today, y'all. I'm your co-host, Tyler Bridges, and we'll see you next time.